Hey, yo, look, dog. I bought villas, stayed in resort, Skrilla. I was store killer. I store killers. Man, I caught killers. Just on four killers. Cat frontin'. Court killers, who more villa? Weed in the four wheeler, F Mike. Till you see me, you never saw a thriller. Fiscale, Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen and COVID, COVID hit the NFL. You know, no, it didn't. COVID hit the Ravens and the Steelers like a ton of bricks last week, man. It's actually, and here's the thing. This and this is where we'll start. The NFL shows you, I mean, we know what the NFL is. The NFL, what their bottom line is, we know what they care about. We know what's important to the NFL. And, the, and, and we know that the NFL, at the end of the day, is a, is a business and it's about money. We get that. But we saw, we're, what we're seeing right now from the NFL is a blatant, and I mean blatant, demonstration of they really only care about the bottom line and the bottom line is money and here's the thing so the ravens and the steelers they were supposed to play on thursday last week for thanksgiving oh speaking of that happy belated thanksgiving i hope everyone was able to stay safe i hope everyone was able to uh spend time with their family whether via zoom calls or close groups i hope it wasn't a whole bunch of people out out there wilding you know what i mean just I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. But here is what the games on Thursday was supposed to be. The Texans and the Lions. Because we all know the Lions is tradition. But that, that's, that's pretty much their Super Bowl. The Washington football team and the, and the Cowboys. And, of course, we're going to talk about those games uh, a little bit later. And the nightcap was supposed to be the Ravens and the Steelers. We got word that. The Ravens, like a, a, a couple players, maybe six, seven players, and some coaches got COVID or tested positive for COVID, so they couldn't play. They postponed the game. Today, tomorrow, or today is Tuesday. At this very moment, I believe they have about 20, the Ravens alone have 20, I believe 20 or 22 players and coaches on the COVID list. The game was pushed back from Thursday to, I believe it was supposed to be Sunday. That game was pushed back because the Ravens were also are also supposed to play t- uh, Thursday night football, Dallas at, at Baltimore. That game got pushed to Tuesday, or it was supposed to be today. Then Raven is it's just a it's just a lack of communication. So oh, and also James Conner, uh, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he gets he tests positive. They push the game from Thursday or Tuesday, which is today, to Wednesday at like three forty in the afternoon because NBC wants to keep the tradition of showing them lighting the the holiday Christmas tree. Here's why. It's, it's like, here's here's why I can't be upset that the Steelers are upset. You look at a lot of organizations, and here's the thing. I know we can't control COVID. I know we can't control who gets it. I know we can't control how it spreads. I, I get that we can't control that. But what we can do is be safe. And from what, what reports coming out, I believe it started with a strength and conditioning coach who had it. 
and he wasn't wearing a mask. And this is in in Baltimore. He wasn't wearing a mask, and he just it just wreaked havoc, bro. Like it 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 spread throughout the whole team pretty much. And you you even saw that with the Broncos, uh, Jeff Driscoll tested positive, and because of trace uh, tracing it. You saw that he was around all the other coaches. I mean, all the other quarterbacks with no mask, so all the quarterbacks couldn't play. So they had to pick up like a scout team, running wide receiver or something. It was just going back to the Ravens and Steelers. The I think what the I mean, we know that the NFL cares about, like I said, the bottom line. They care about putting a a a. a a product out there because you're already losing money. The owners are already losing money because most of these uh, stadiums don't have fans. And even the stadiums that do have fans, it's at a lower capacity. It's probably, I think, what, 10% or, or 15%. And the NFL is going to try to recoup as much as, as, as much money as they can. Adam Schefter put out a stat, uh, and in COVID, you see player. I mean, you see players left and right getting it. You see coaching staffs getting it. The NFL has not canceled a game yet. It's it's been rescheduled and moved. They're thinking about adding a week eighteen for games that they just can't seem to get right. It's it's just a lot, man. And I feel the frustration of the Steelers. You know what I mean? It's like. This is the second time this has happened to the Steelers. I don't know if you remember, but the first time when the Titans had a big outbreak, they had to push the Steelers, uh, push the Steelers game back. Not to mention, this doesn't just affect this week or or week twelve. This affects week thirteen because the Steelers now their game with Washington that was supposed to be on Sunday that gets pushed to a triple header Monday night football game. I believe. The Thursday night game that was supposed to be uh, this week against Dallas and the Ravens, that gets pushed back to next Tuesday, I believe. So it's just a lot, man. And and why I said that the NFL and why I started with saying the NFL really only cares about the bottom line is because you have 22 people on one team get COVID. And you're telling me you that's not that's not you, you can't cancel that game or forfeit that game like. I understand it's a marquee game. I understand it's a rivalry, Ravens and Pittsburgh. I understand Lamar Jackson against Big Ben, uh, the the explosive offense and the defense. Oh, the an undefeated team in the Steelers against their rival, the Ravens, who lit up the league last year. But you have to really this 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 has been this has been craziness, man. And 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 the funny thing is. The NFL, at least what we're seeing, they're not being as they're not being transparent to even the even the teams. Adam Schefter's dropping uh, atom bombs, if you want to call them, uh, on Twitter before the teams even find out. We learned that yesterday when he told us that the games are being pushed, and then you had Steelers players come out and say Adam Schefter told Twitter before the NFL even told us. So. Again, this is just the NFL. The NFL is trying to recoup as much money as they can, seeing as though they're not getting any fans in the stands. So their money mostly is solely on viewership, and they're trying. They're trying to pump it out, man. It's just. It just sucks, man. It sucks the fact that 
I mean, it was already the the question was already should they be playing? You know, the the world doesn't have a handle on COVID. This is a con. This is a brutal contact sport where you have people that will be, um, you know, tackling each other, sweat, breathing on each other. It's like, and, and there's no real bubble unless you know you kind of do a playoff bubble. But I don't. That's the, I don't even think that's feasible. Like, I, I <laughs> it was already questioned if they should play. The fact that you are playing is one thing. But, you know, you're seeing at first it was all sweet until the Titans just COVID just wreak havoc. But it's kind of hard to which which I understand you. They're still adults, but it's kind of hard to expect people to, you know, quarantine as much like you even saw in real life how how difficult it was to see some people in the in the United States quarantining doing what they're supposed to do and other people outside just wilding you know what i mean and it's it's kind of hard to expect and i'm not saying it's hard to expect them to quarantine cuz hell you're getting paid for a product like you're getting paid for them to be on the field but as we're seeing with the Ravens uh coach man or Ravens strength and conditioning coach or whatever his name is or whatever he is I think that there's a level of don't careness. I know that's not a word, but don't careness. So you see people walking around with no masks. You see people walking around with masks on, you know, right under their nose or on their chi- on their chin or something. And these are professional athletes, man. So it just sucks, man. I feel I feel really bad for the Steelers. I feel bad for the Ravens players who did what they were supposed to do and and they just got infected or they just got yeah infected by whatever like it's just it's just tough man and this this is this is the league doing its best i guess as far as you know trying to move games here there everywhere but it's just it just isn't it's not of course they're going to do it players are going to play cuz they're talking about losing game checks and nobody wants to lose a game check and some players you know, especially some of the newer players, like they need these game checks. So it just, it's just, it's just, it's just a bad look for the league, man. It's a bad look seeing as though you have one team that can't get it together in the Ravens. Then you have other teams like Seattle or Green Bay or uh, the, the, the Chiefs or hell, the Steelers. You don't hear yeah, I know James Conner has it, but you don't hear about a big outbreak like you do with the 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 Ravens or the Titans. So it just it, it's just it just sucks, man. But as as far as right now, the game that was supposed to be played on Thursday, Thanksgiving, will be played Wednesday tomorrow at like three forty in the afternoon on NBC. So you know, I, there's that, man. Um. But let's 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 move forward. Let's move forward. Um, no, before we move forward, one thing I do also want to. Uh, uh, one thing I do also want to re or or shine a light on is this. You have to understand why they're doing this. Well, we we know it's about the money. We know it's about uh, trying to recoup what they're losing with no fans. But you also have to realize they wouldn't be doing. I, I'm almost sure. I don't know. 
I, of course I don't know, but I'm almost sure if this was, I don't know, Jacksonville Jaguars and Washington or Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jets, I'm almost sure they wouldn't, they would not be moving, shifting every, any way. Like they wouldn't be putting this much hassle into playing one game. I'm sure, I'm almost sure because it's, this is again a marquee game. That's the reason why you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of moving around, and that's why that's the reason why you know you're seeing what you're seeing. So, uh, um, yeah, let's move on. So, like I said, this was week twelve, or last week was week twelve, and we had a couple of really interesting games. And let's start with Thursday. The let's start with the um. Let's start with the 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 Thanksgiving games. We're going to talk about the Texans a little bit later, but the Texans beat the beat the Lions. I mean, it's the Lions, and again, we'll, we'll we'll go on that later. But the game that I want to focus on right now was Washington and Dallas, big rivalry, uh, as we know, and we know what's 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 going on with the NFC East. Uh, I think right now the the Giants are number one at four and seven because they. Uh, swept Washington, but I I said this going forward, and I said I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. In fact, I'll say it twice in this episode. When you're sometimes as an organization, you have to look yourself in the mirror and understand when you are wrong. And there's a reason. You know, a lot of people want to want to want to. A lot of people look at Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and wonder why a player that talented has only been to one Super Bowl. And a lot of people want to blame Aaron Rodgers, and 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 rightfully so. Some of it is because you know Aaron Rodgers didn't get it done in some spots, but there's a reason why it Aaron Rodgers was so contentious to. Mike McCarthy. You see, it's easy when you have a all-time great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, like Peyton Manning, that you can their their greatness can overshadow a lot of deficiencies in a coach because they're able to to operate and they're able to do what they got to do on the fly. That's not the case when you have Andy Dalton. And you have the Dallas Cowboys. See, I think the Dallas Cowboys lost to a better team, I would like to think. But there's a lot of situations in that game that really that not only like Dallas shot themselves in the foot twice due to coaching errors. One, I want to one shout out Antonio Gibson, the running back for Washington Three touchdowns. Uh, I think that's the first time since uh, Randy Moss, a rookie, had three touchdowns on Thanksgiving. Shouts out to him. Um, but back to Dallas, when you have the the worst two, actually, fourth down plays I've seen in a minute, the one, I think it's fourth and one, and instead of running the ball with uh, 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 Zeke, or in the ball with with Powell, you throw a, a ball to 
CD Lamb, who probably had the worst game he's he's had as a as a as a uh, as an NFL player. And then the worst one was the fourth down, fourth. I think it was on your own thirty, and it was a fake punt. <laughs> it it was just it was horrible, bro. It's and here's the thing, man. Again, it's easy to draw. It's easy to. It's easy when you have. When you when you have an all time great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, like Drew Brees, I mean like Peyton Manning, it's it it it, it they're able to mask some deficiencies. Now that you don't have that, and you have to coach. Look, I'll just say it: Mike McCarthy is not working. It's I don't know if it's his coaching decision. I mean I don't know if it's play. It's in fact, it's his play calling. It's his time management. The players just don't really seem to connect with him. It's just not working. Now, I don't know if Jerry Jones is just trying to stay face and trying to trying to uh, hold, you know, trying to let the season go by before he makes a move. I don't know if if he's going to blame all this deficiency on Dak Prescott not being here even though they were losing with Dak Prescott, he was just putting up a lot of empty stats. I don't know if he just loves Mike McCarthy so much. I don't know if he just doesn't want to he, I don't know if he just doesn't want to admit that he's wrong, but Mike McCarthy is not working. Again, not only is Mike McCarthy not working, his entire coaching staff is not working. The offense looks pretty bad and predictable. Zeke has been a fumbling. Uh, he's been a nightmare in, in far as terms of the fumbling game and the money that they're giving him is not producing on the field. Of course, we know about Dak. The defense has been horrible. They've been better throughout the last maybe two or three games, but even still, they they have looked bad. And when you allow, and, and don't get me wrong, I am a Washington fan, but even I can admit that Washington has no business scoring 41 points on any team. They don't have, outside of Terry McLaurin, they don't really have a good wide receiver. They have a really good running game, but they don't have a good offensive line. Uh, J.D. McKissick wasn't good. Alex Smith, we know about his story. There, there should be no reason why. Now, yes, I understand that Washington's uh, fr- uh, defensive front is one of the best in the league with a whole defensive front of, of first-rounders, but and I know uh, Montez Sweat got a, a interception or pick six. But again, <laughs> there should be no reason why. Washington puts up 41 points with the with the talent that they with the lack of talent that they have in certain areas. There should be no reason. So the fact that you it's just the Mike McCarthy is just not working. It's not working, man. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. But but again, I don't I don't know what Dallas play is. I don't know what's what's going on again. you, I mean, they gave up the most rushing. Gibson had the most rushing touchdowns by a rookie on Thanksgiving since 1941. That should tell you all you need to know right there. All you need to know right there. But let's let's move on. We don't need to talk about. Uh, we can talk about the Raiders and Falcons. Falcons 
scored the most points. I think it was 43 to 6. They scored the most points that they've scored in a game since 2016, which just so happened to actually be the, the last year that they were good. Um, I don't know if this was just one of those bad games. I mean, the Ravens, I mean, the Raiders have played some pretty emotional games. Now, they lost, like they lost to the Chiefs, but. They play some really high emotional games, so this could have been a an easy trap game and 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 a game that even saw Julio Jones go out. It it, it yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was tough. Um, Chargers Bills again the bill the the Chargers uh, Justin Herbert while he looks good um he he still looks like a rookie you know he still has those games where he throws a lot but he'll throw a pretty bad interception. Um, I do not need to discuss the Giants and Bengals. Daniel Jones got hurt, so I do think – I mean, the, the NFC East is already wide open, but with Daniel Jones hurt, Colt McCoy is going to be starting for a couple weeks for the Giants. I think that – I would say that it's a good look that Washington might – or a good bet that Washington might win the, the division. However, they have kind of a death's row. I mean, when you have Pittsburgh next week and then you have the Seahawks, I think, the week after – yeah. Um but let's 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 talk about let's talk about one of the biggest games that we saw and let's let's have a serious conversation about uh Tom Brady. So Tom Brady lost Tom Brady and the Buccaneers lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 27 to uh 24. Now Here's the thing about Tom Brady. And don't get me wrong, man. Tom Brady is still one of the greatest to ever do it. Tom Brady is still incredible. It's, it's, I mean, it's Tom Brady. He's still the GOAT. You know, he's still, he's still, he's still Tom Brady. And and the stuff that happened in the past, we can't, I mean, it happened. So, but we have to have a real serious conversation about Tom Brady and how he has looked horrible in primetime games. Now, I know it was four, four, four thirty games, so it wasn't exactly primetime, but it was kind of primetime. But against the top teams outside of the uh, the Green Bay Packers, they've looked horrible. They looked horrible twice against the Saints, and they looked horrible against the Chiefs. And it's not just they. I understand, and, and I, I said this before, the Broncos, I mean, the, the Buccaneers, one reason why they are struggling is because this is this is still a new team, and with no preseason, no real off season, you didn't uh, they didn't really have a have time to build a rapport with each other. Tom Brady didn't really have a time to build a rapport and relationship with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Not to mention Chris Godwin did miss a lot of time due to a hand injury. And then you bring on. Uh, you bring on uh, AB, you bring on Leonard Fournette, who hasn't really looked good. Like, there should be no reason why Ronald Jones is starting over Leonard Fournette in a, in a regular year. But Ronald Jones looked a whole lot better than Leonard Fournette. So, it's just, it's looked bad. And the defense, the defense to me has been getting, outside of the Green Bay game, they've been getting torched, bro. Like, and it's it's just... Tom Brady is not one thing that Tom Brady was excelled at in in New England is he was able to bring up 
mediocreness. Like he was able to cover up mediocreness with how great he played. He was able to get greatness. Hell, he had us arguing is if Julian Edelman is a first ballot hall of, if Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. He had Wes Welker incredible. He had Danny Amendola look good. And he his greatness was able to mask the deficiencies that a that the 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 New England Patriots had on offense. The Tom Brady that we're seeing now is a, is 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 far from that. The Tom Brady that we're seeing now cannot make mistakes because his mistakes are turning. I think he's the second in the league in, in interceptions. Now, now, now I will I will I will say this. It's not all Tom Brady. A lot of this you have to talk, you have to look at Bruce Arians. This is the same offense that had Jameis Winston go 30 for 30, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. This is the same offense that saw Peyton Manning have his career high in interceptions. This is Bruce Arians. His his offense it's it's a lot of it's a lot of deep balls, a lot of deep balls. Now I will also say this though. When you have a talent, when you have the talent like a Mike Evans, like a Chris Godwin, like a uh, Gronk, like a B, now you can afford to go deep a lot of times. It just hasn't matriculated into many points against good teams. And Tom Brady now isn't good enough to be mediocre, and the team still wins. Seeing as though, like I said, with the COVID's messing up off, I mean the off season and preseason Tom Brady has to be at his top notch and he's hasn't been and that's why they've been struggling that's why the Buccaneers to me are not, and I've said this before they're not a Super Bowl team and it's not again it's not just Tom Brady but a lot of it does fall on his shoulders because they brought in Tom Brady to be that piece they didn't bring in Tom Brady for this to be a one, I mean, okay, we're well, we're just you know we're gonna we're gonna take this one year to to get it all right, and then we'll be back next year. No, they brought Tom Brady as a win now mode, and you don't bring in Tom Brady and bring in Gronk. You don't bring in Leonard Fournette. You don't bring in AB if you're not trying to win now. So even with all that on paper they are one of the best teams on paper but like i always say you don't play the games on paper this team is not better than green bay uh, this team is not even though they did destroy green bay i was one game they're not better than green bay i don't see this team better than than seattle i don't see this this team is most definitely not better than the saints and and it's it's a coin toss because we know how iffy the rams are I just don't see this team making it to – I do see them, of course, go making it to the playoffs. And I, I they might win a game. But I don't see them going much further than that. So, And, and in that, that to me means and, – and I don't think it's just to me. I think it's to the organization that is a failed season. Now, of course, a lot of people are going to blame COVID for all the mess-ups of this year. But I think it's a lot deeper than that. So – Oh, when it comes to the Bucks, I think the Bucks. Tom Brady has been mediocre this entire year, and it, it's it's start it's it's starting to show that the Bucks 
aren't disciplined enough and they aren't good enough. Even though they're crazy talented on paper, the Bucks are not good enough on paper. Or the Bucks are not good enough to overcome a mediocre Tom Brady. That's why a lot of people, including myself, were saying Jameis Winston was better in this type of offense than Tom Brady was. Tom Brady is more of, you know, he's more of, he's not really an ad-libs type person. And Jameis Winston is, especially for what Bruce Arian once once out of his system so yeah man Tom, Tom Brady just hasn't been good this entire year man he he really has not and it's really it's it's shown and it's it's shown it's really shown so um and I don't think I don't think that the that they're close to the Chiefs I really don't think they're close to the Steelers I don't think they're close to the Saints I don't I think they're a lot, a little closer to the Seahawks and the the uh, Green Bay Packers, and that's because the Seahawks' defense isn't that good. Even though with Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams and Shaquille Griffin coming back, or you know coming back to the team, they've gotten a lot better. I don't, I don't see them beating them. And like I said, it's a real coin toss if they can beat the Rams. So there's that. Um, and and on the other side. It's starting to get. It's starting to 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 become a. It's starting to become a challenge as a podcaster, as a sports broadcaster, whatever, to describe what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This is why when you hear a lot of people describe the Chiefs, they compare them to the Golden State Warriors with. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Because what we're seeing from the Chiefs is something we have never seen as far as football. We've never seen a team. Even the show, even the the fun bunch uh, Washington team, even the the Rams with Marshall Falk and, and, and uh, what's his name? Kurt Warner, even with Troy Aikman and and Emmitt Smith and the Cowboys, we have never seen a team score this fast, score this effortlessly, score, have this many weapons and knows how to use these weapons. Incred- like, Robinson gets in, gets in the action. Tyreek Hill had a... Tyreek Hill had a career day had what 209 yards the first half um and of course you have Travis Kelsey who I think is like number two or like number two I know he's top five in the league and in, in receiving yards and he's a tight end like <laughs> and not to mention now you you have Le'Veon Bell and you have Clyde Edwards Alaire this team is just explosive and Quadis is kept one of their biggest weaknesses was their defense and now their defense is 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 great. Chris Jones has been good. Honey Badger's been great. Uh it's 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 just it's starting to become challenging to describe how good uh how good the Chiefs are and how good Patrick Mahomes has been with the weapons that he has. How great Andy Reid has been with a coach. Um 
it's, it's starting to get it's starting to become a challenge. But this is why even with the Steelers being what ten and zero or eleven and zero, I don't I don't see I don't I will say this the biggest uh the way to beat the Chiefs right is is make Patrick Mahomes like put Patrick Mahomes under pressure blitz him you know do schemes disguises whatever the way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs is put Patrick Mahomes under pressure the problem with that, though, is it's a high-risk, high-reward situation. The highest risk is you have receivers so fast. You have Harmon, who's fast, Robinson, who's fast, Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest receiver, fastest player in the league. Not only are they fast, they're smart, so they understand, okay, you know, they, they know how to come back to the quarterback. Not to mention you have uh, Travis Kelsey, who's one of the best players in the league. It's like... The, the 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 risk is the receivers are so smart and Patrick Mahomes is so good they'll just dime you to death and then and we've seen that we saw that with the with the Raiders I think maybe two or three weeks ago like they will they will dink and dime you to death but their dink and dime is okay get it and then Tyreek Hill gets an extra fifteen yards because he's that fast or Harmon gets an extra 10 yards because he's that fast. Or Travis Kelsey gets an extra 15 yards. That's their dink and dime. And it's and now the reward, like I said, is if you pressure him, you know, you, the the best way to beat the Chiefs is get Patrick Mahomes off the field. So, like I said, I see, I know that the Patriots, I mean, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated, but that's why I am hesitant to, hesitant to put the 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 Steelers above the Chiefs because I see how the Chiefs just explode so yeah man um we don't need to talk about the brands Browns and Jaguars the score was 27 to 25 I think this is the first time since 2007 that Cleveland have eight wins I mean I have them going to the playoffs but I don't have them winning a game in the playoffs uh we don't need to talk about the Panthers and Minnesota, the Panthers won 27. I mean, the Panthers lost 27 to 28. Uh, the ugliest game of the week was the Patriots and, and Cardinals. The score was 20 to 17. Nick Folk had a game-winning uh, field goal. Cam Newton looked horrible. Uh, Kyler Murray looked horrible. It wasn't If it wasn't for James White's two touchdowns, they would have lost. And it's crazy. Even being what five and six right now, I believe they're still in the playoff hunt, which is crazy. Dolphins beat the Jets. I mean, the Jets are zero and eleven. It's the Jets. Uh, another game that got hit with COVID, like I said, with the Broncos and Saints. The the Broncos didn't have a quarterback, and that game was just bad, bro. Like I I understand that the Saints won. The Saints are nine two, but I don't know how long that we, you can really let. La- I know that. You're 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 just trying to hold out for uh, Drew Brees to come back, but Taysom Hill has yet to throw an, a touchdown as an NFL player. Now again, I understand it's 31-3, they won, but this was off the back of not or the Broncos not having a freaking 
quarterback. Like it's just at some point this is this is not going to work. Taysom Hill can't keep. It's just not going to work. Like at some point you're going to have to look at Jameis and be like, you know what? He he at least he can throw the ball. So we you know we need to we need to make some moves, man. But yeah, man. Yeah, Forty uh, ers lost or Forty ers beat the Rams uh, twenty three to twenty. Uh, that's a bad luck. This that's the thing about the Rams, man. The Rams can look like one of the best teams in the league one week, and then they can lose to Nate or Nick Mullen and the 49ers the next week. So I don't know, man. Uh, the Bears lost to the Packers 25 to 41. The Bears are just hard to watch, man. Even wish Mr. Bisky coming back. I think he had like three turnovers. It was just it was just bad. And especially when you're going up against a team like the Packers. You know, it was it was bad, bro. It was bad. Last night we saw the Seahawks beat the Eagles twenty-three to seventeen. DK Metcalf went off. And here's the thing, man. I, I I'm about to be selfish, but it is what it is. DK Metcalf. I know he had a career high, 177 receiving yards. But bro, you're on my fantasy team. And I I won fantasy thanks to DK Metcalf and thanks to Patrick Mahomes. But bro. Oh, and thanks to Antonio Gibson. Man, gave me like 36 on Christmas. I mean, on Thanksgiving. My mans. But back to you, DK. DK, DK, DK. I know you don't care. I know you're probably not listening. I know you don't. I know probably none of the NFL players care about fantasy. But, bro, how many times are you going to drop deep balls, especially red zone? Bro, he had one of the easiest catches. Darius Slay fell. And the ball landed in his hands in the end zone and dropped it. I'm like, come on, man. The thing is, this happens a lot with DK, man. Just catch the ball, bro. Again, congratulations for 177 yards, but but catch the ball, my guy, please. But uh, another game I want to talk about was the Titans and the Colts. The tit- and the reason why I want to talk about this is because I want to talk about Derrick Henry. Um... Derrick Henry is not just one of the best running backs in the game, or if not the best running back in the game. He is one of the best players in the game. And I know that the NFL MVP is not going to go to him because it's really a quarterback uh, a quarterback award. But this is yet another year that the Titans are only as good as their running game and only as good at are only going to go as far as Derrick Henry takes them. You realize the games that Derrick Henry struggles to run the ball is the game they lose. Like I understand you have AJ Brown. I understand Ryan Tannehill has played good. I understand you have a pretty decent defense, but this team only goes as far as Derrick Henry takes them. And again, I know he's not going to win MVP, I know that. Again, I, I get that. But I think he deserves it. I mean, at least deserves a deserves a a look seeing as though or 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 at least a couple of um a couple of award, like uh, votes seeing as though how important he is not only to the Texans, but how important he is. He's the he's arguably the best running back in the league and he's he's been Arguably the best running back in the league this entire year, or, or 
I'm gonna say the last two or three years. Now I understand you can see Delvin Cook, but Delvin Cook got injured again on Sunday. And you can say Zeke, but Zeke fumbles the ball more than freaking, <laughs> more than I've, uh, yeah. He just fumbles the ball a lot, like, or at least this year. So when we talk about MVP, I think that Derrick Henry definitely has to have at least some type of consideration because the Titans would really be nowhere without Derrick Henry. Hell, he, let me see some. Derrick Henry. I'm going to look at his stats. Now, these are for the people that, you know, didn't didn't watch the game. Derrick Henry's stats on Sunday was the following. Derrick Henry had 27 carries for 178 yards and three touchdowns. This man averaged with 27 27 rushing uh 27 carries. He had 6.6 yards per carry. That is incredible. All I'm saying is, a man's just great. He might be, he might, he he has to have some type of MVP consideration. That's, that's all I'm saying. Moving on. And the game that I definitely want to talk about now is the, game that we saw I know I'm not going in order or anything but the game that we saw on uh Sunday I mean Thursday which was the Tennessee Titan I mean the the Texans and the Lions I said this before and I, in fact I just said this about Dallas sometimes you have to look yourself in the mirror and understand when you're wrong and the I don't know how or why it took so long for Detroit to to look themselves in the mirror, but they finally did, and they fired Matt Patricia, the head coach, and Bob Quinn, the GM. Now, should they have been fired? Absolutely, they were horrible. Uh, Matt Patricia is horrible. See, and here's the thing. There's the thing, and I and I said this. I think I said this last episode. There's the reason a lot of people say they want to bring the the Patriots culture. There's the thing. There's the reason why the Patriot culture only works for the Patriots because there's only one Bill Belichick. There's only one Patriots. There's only one Robert Kraft. There's only, there was really only one Tom Brady. There's 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 only one there's only one place that that will work, and that is the Patriots. It's not gonna work everywhere. That's why you see majority uh, of the Bruce Belichick offsprings not work. Bruce Belichick. Bill Belichick offsprings not work. Matt Patricia being the latest one. The Lions is not the Patriots, man. Like they like Matt Patricia wasn't like from day one. And a lot of a lot of questionable decisions as far as head coach, a lot of questionable calls, a lot of questionable draft picks. That's why the GM was about it there. It's it was just it was just it's been time. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, like I said, some organizations, even though it takes longer than others, you have to look yourself in the mirror. Am I making the right decision or am I making the wrong decision with this coach, with this GM, with the players? They find, I don't, again, I don't understand why it took so long because people have been knew that he was not a good coach and Bob Quinn was not a good GM. But they finally looked themselves in the mirror and said, you know what? Let's just cut bait, bro. 
We're not going to make it to the playoffs yet again this year. We're losing yet again this year. It's Let's just cut bait. So, Matt Patricia is out of a job. I don't think – I mean, I'm sure probably do connections. He'll probably get a, a defensive coordinator job somewhere. But, yeah, nah. It's, <laughs> he, I don't see him being a head coach in the very near future. I don't, I don't see it. Or, or the foreseeable future. And Bob Quinn – Yes, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's the the choice been been horrible since. I mean, since God knows when. So there's that. And here's the thing I wanted to talk about the Texans. So yesterday, it came out that Will Fuller was busted for taking PEDs and will miss six games. And here's why that is such a blow, not only to him, but to the Texans and to the uh, and to Deshaun Watson. Now I know they're not making the playoffs. They have no freaking chance of making the playoffs. I get that. It's not. It's not a blow in them. Not their playoff chances. It's a blow when I talk about you trade. Now, I know this was a lot of Bill O'Brien, but you trade DeAndre Hopkins, who is having an MVP type or at least offensive player of the year type season in Arizona and arguably the best wide receiver in the game. You trade him because you tell us that Kenny Stills, who got released, by the way, and Will Fuller, who is now busted for PEDs, is a it will be able to pick up the load that DeAndre Hopkins carried. That's why this is such a huge blow because now the two people that you're telling me was supposed to replace or that was good enough to replace DeAndre Hopkins, one got released and the other one has was busted on PEDs. And a lot of people, I know Will Fuller came out and said, you know, I trusted this medical professional, uh, but apparently it was wrong. Here's why I don't care. Because you are a professional athlete, which means your body is your, your body is your paycheck. That's why people like LeBron James and Russell Wilson spend millions of dollars a year on their body because their body is their paycheck. You have to know what you're putting in your body as a wide receiver. You have to know what you're putting in your body as a player, as a person in general, but especially somebody who makes money off their body. So you miss me with the whole I trusted somebody and, you know, apparently I was wrong. Okay, yeah, cool. You're wrong, but that's still on you. And it just sucks because this is yet another example of what Deshaun Watson has. You know what? We talk about poverty franchises, right? A lot of people say Washington is a poverty franchise. A lot of people say Jacksonville, um, the Jets, poverty franchise. The Texans is a poverty franchise. The only reason why a lot of people won't say that is because of the the success they've had as in at least making the playoffs. And, and some of the players, like they've had J.J. Watt. They've had Brian Cushing. They had Andre Johnson. They have... Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, they had DeAndre Hopkins. They've had some really, really good players, but 
even when you look at how good you know some of the players that they had, look at the success that has came from those players. And it's at some point you have to look at the organization like, wait, why is it that you've had future Hall of Famers and you still are as mediocre as 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 mediocre gets? So, and 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 don't get me wrong, man, this ain't on Deshaun Watson, bro, because Deshaun like. Uh, that's why I feel bad for Deshaun, man, because he he doesn't really deserve this. But hey, that's you know that's the way the cookie crumbled, I guess. So um, again, Will Fuller will be out suspended six games, and it's just an it's just an indictment, another indictment on the Houston Texans and just exactly the culture that is around Houston when we talk about why Deshaun Watson hasn't succeeded even with the talent that he has. Moving forward, man. Um is there anything else I want to talk about in the NFL? No. <laughs> no. So on Saturday, uh the big pay-per-view, Mike Tyson against Roy Jones Jr. happened um and exactly what we th- now let before we talk about that. Let's let's talk about the the, the elephant in the room. So Nate Robinson, who is a former NBA player, slam dunk champion, I think two years, uh, New York Nick, played for uh, Denver, played for a couple teams, big three. The thing is, Nate Robinson is a basketball player. Now, yes, he's a freak athlete, but he's a basketball player. Nate, Nate Robinson, um, he got knocked out on Saturday against YouTuber Jake Paul. Now, I don't know much about Jake Paul. Don't even, I know he has some controversial stuff happen, but I don't know much about Jake Paul. And I'm not, I don't have anything really bad to say about Jake Paul. But one thing I do know is Jake Paul, not, not saying he's a professional boxer, but he's been in the ring. So he at least has some experience in the ring. I understand you look at people like Barry Sanders, who was incredible in football, of course. Barry Sanders? I'm sorry. Deion Sanders. He was incredible in football, won a championship, uh, one of the best uh, players ever. And, of course, he was incredible in baseball with the Braves, won a championship, I mean, won a World Series. But I understand you have people like Bo Jackson, incredible freak athlete, was incredible in track and field, was incredible in NFL, was incredible in baseball. I get that. I understand you have people like Tyreek Hill, incredible in track and field, and set world records, I believe, and incredible in football. Here's the thing, though. There's a lot. There's a reason why you don't hear about a lot of athletes being uh, incredible in like basketball and incredible in boxing. You, this or incredible in football and incredible in UFC. There's a reason why these these fighting blood sports aren't really the second option because you have to dedicate your time and attention to these sports, or you will get your head knocked clean off i.e. what we saw on saturday now 
I'm, of course, I had the joke. I mean, you had jokes. Dave Robinson got knocked. He not knocked down once and knocked out once. And the crazy thing is Jake Paul landed eight hits. But again, this is why you do. I mean, I understand as an athlete, especially a freak athlete like Nate Robinson, you think that you can, you can <laughs> just go onto another sport and just dominate. Yeah. But here's the thing, man. Uh, no, <laughs> the NFL the boxing is so it's so different, man. You can't just hop into that. Like you, that's not you. Have, as we saw, like and look, you saw as soon as Nate, as soon as the bell rang, and as soon as Nate Robinson started fighting, you everyone can tell. Oh my gosh, this this is he doesn't look good at all. Like he doesn't look. He looks lost. He looks like he can't fight worth a damn. And it showed. Now, yeah, again, I'm not saying Jake Paul is freaking, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he's Terrence Ferguson. Like, I'm not saying Jake Paul is 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 light heavyweight champion of the world. But what I'm saying is, even with someone that's even someone that's had experience is better than someone that hasn't. And yeah, man, Nate Robinson, just just chill out, man. I understand. You know, you might be great in, in basketball. You might be great in football. But but leave, stop. Let this be your first. And, and what's even worse is I think I heard a report saying that he got knocked out for six hundred dollars. Like I would get, I would get if it was like a, a six thousand or ten thousand dollars. Or hell, I would even understand if you did this for two thousand. But you got knocked out in front of your in front of the world for. Six hundred dollars. That's you bad to me. You bad to me. Look, man, Nate. Just, just this is. You have to know your limits. You know what I mean. And you're not a boxer, and that's cool. No one's, no one's gonna look at you differently, bro. Well, we're looking at you differently now because you, you got knocked out the way you did. <laughs> but just, just chill out, man. And, and and don't 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 get him back in the ring no time soon, man. Just just shoot your sons. I, I know your sons play play basketball. Do that. Play basketball with your sons. Hell, if you want to try when the um XFL comes back since the Rock bought it, if you want to try that again, do that. But no, just to stay out of the ring, bro. And this is this is not just Nate Robinson. This is for anyone. A lot of a lot of athletes are saying like a lot of football players are coming out saying you know when I retire I'm gonna get in the ring. Chill out, okay? Help is not on the way with this one. Like, it's, no, no, no. But the main event was Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. And this went exactly how, you know, it, it didn't go exactly how I thought it went. But then when I started watching it, it went exactly how I thought. Going in, I thought Roy Jones Jr. Uh, was going to die. <laughs> I thought Mike Tyson was going to knock this man's head clean off. And this is why. Every video, every promotional video I saw leading up to this fight was Mike Tyson damn near killing one of his trainers with these devastating blows to, to pads or devastating blows to, you know, in, in sparring matches. This man looked crazy now we understand the history that mike tyson has in the ring we understand how great he was we also understand some of the some of the other things you know with the van and holyfield and we get it but this man 
at what 53 or whatever looked like he will kill this man and again you knew i knew there was a problem when every promotional video was mike tyson damn near killing his trainer and i didn't see not one training video of roy jones jr that was problem number one sign number two was the weigh-in when i looked at roy jo and, and don't get me wrong roy jones is a great is one of the greatest boxers to ever live Roy Jones Jr. fought everyone and beat damn near everyone. Roy Jones Jr.'s record is 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 unprecedented. It stands alone. I'm not talking about Roy Jones Jr. as, you know, his legacy. I'm just talking about what we saw Saturday and in the WAN. Let's get back to the WAN. I looked at Roy Jones. Then I looked at myself and I said, you know, me and Roy Jones Jr. has the same body type. That was problem number one. I ain't got no bo boxer body type. I don't know who's not. If you're just listening to this, just just go hop over to YouTube and look at me. I don't have a boxer's body type. At least, I, I don't have a boxer's body type. Roy Jones Jr., I was like, you know, he, me and him have the same body type. And then Mike Tyson comes, and even though he looks 53, but this man looks like he is, uh, he is about to kill somebody. I said, there, yep. This is about to get real bad for Roy Jones. And then the fight started. And I was like, yeah, he's going to knock his head clean off. But then I remember in the announcer, first of all, shouts out to Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is probably one of the best announcers we have ever had. Like, that, hey, shouts out to Snoop, man. He made the night 10 times better. But watching that fight, you, can, you two things were very clear. They must have told Mike Tyson. Three things were clear. One, they must have told Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, you know, no headshots. You know, uh, we're not trying to do no, no knockouts. No, we're not doing that. They had to have told him that. Two, I realized, you know, at any moment, Mike Tyson can end this fight with one, one clean, like, with one punch he can end this fight and three Roy Jones did not want to be there he even said at the end you know I'm tired man I don't I I don't know like, he didn't want to be there it was you know it was fun for what it was man it was a 50 dollar uh 50 dollar uh pay-per-view it ended in a draw even though everybody and they mama hell Ray Charles saw that fight and knew Mike Tyson won but hey you know you don't you know it is what it is it ended in the draw Nate Robinson, stay out of the ring, please. And you know, it was a fun, it was a fun little thing. I think the highlights, like I said, outside of Nate Robinson getting his ass knocked out, and us looking at Mike Tyson, knowing he can kill this man, but just doesn't, was Snoop Dogg. You know, Snoop Dogg's his commentary was was great A. So, um, and last but not least, shouts out to Sarah Fuller. She became the first uh, female to ever play in uh, the Power Five conferences. He played football. She was a kicker. I know that she played, and this is in Vanderbilt, of course. She was a uh, kicker for the soccer team, and they brought her on to be a place kicker for uh, the football team. I know Vanderbilt's not good. I know Vanderbilt got destroyed on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday. But this doesn't take... 
away from the fact that she made history and she is an inspiration to a lot of other women that or young ladies that or young yeah young women that were didn't think that I guess they ever had a chance to play football is that in third I don't know but again shouts out to Sarah Fuller becoming the first woman uh to ever play football in the power or power five conferences so shouts out to her and this isn't Vanderbilt but there you have it guys I appreciate you guys for being here I appreciate you know I, I think I got the the visuals down pack now with the set lights you know it, it, it took a lot of rearranging but I think I did pretty good I like it um I appreciate you guys again uh please subscribe to wherever you're listening uh please subscribe to the YouTube channel uh trying to get that to 100 uh I appreciate you guys I love you guys and have a great great weekend and I hope that you <laughs> I hope that this Ravens game, I would like for, I mean, I think it should have just been canceled, but hell, enjoy it tomorrow, Lord willing. So um, until next time, much love. Looks to me, or you need a little juice in your life.